Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Passion drive and patience what brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has got you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with ebay guaranteed fit your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Um, I, I, like this, I like this one from Mark uh, by email. Not Mark Allred, different Mark. Um, We've touched on this a little, but I think it's maybe worth getting to. Question about Bedard versus Padra. Not comparing talent at all, but I am curious about ice time. Bedard is 18 and Padra is 19. Did Bedard play more than 68 games last year? Why are the Blackhawks not concerned about load management for Bedard like the Bruins are for Padra and the he said Sharks, but obviously meant Ducks, are for Leo, Leo Carlson? Um, we get the Blackhawks are at the bottom of the barrel but so are the Ducks. Why is there no concern about Bedard hitting a rookie wall like there are for Potter and other players? Also seems to be no concern for Fantilli with Columbus. Um, and then he goes on to a separate issue, but let's start there. Uh, do you guys have a take on why load management seems to matter more for Patra and they're not just riding him like Chicago is with Bedard? Well, I think there's a big PR um, uh, strategy at play here for Chicago. I think when you have a generational talent, it's tough to sell to the fans that are trying to buy season tickets that we're going to have them on a, on a, um, on a, on a leash and a, and a, and a load management plan. I think Matt Patra is a, he's not as much of a star name and certainly there's a lot going on here in Boston. People aren't going to really care too much. I mean, Bruins fans talk about it, but I think there's a PR spin there for Chicago. Um, that's at play. I also think that it's a new concept, right? So it's kind of like the teams that are doing it are, are more the, the anomaly to this point. Um, those are the first two things that come to mind for me. Yeah. I would also say that the Blackhawks don't have to worry about Connor Bedard holding up into May or June. The Blackhawks know that they are not making the playoffs. They are well out of it. Yeah, they're second realistic... to last in the conference. <laughs> yeah, it was never a realistic goal for them. So 
they can play Connor Bedard as much as their heart desires. And if he wears down in March, they can ride it out to the finish line, get to the off season and say, all right, Connor, here's where you wore down this season. How do we get you ready for 20 plus more games next year? And have you last into April? And we hope we're building a playoff team. So at some point beyond that, the Bruins are planning to play hockey into late April, hopefully May, hopefully June. So they need to, they do need to worry about not just how do we get Matt Potter to the end of the regular season, but how do we have him relatively fresh and continuing to play well beyond that? And so that's, it's a totally different situation. And the Bruins have to have that bigger picture in mind because their goals for this season are different than Chicago's. Yeah. And, and Connor Bedard's a generational talent that is just different than anyone. Like it's hard to compare him to anyone. Um, that's, you know, another rookie in the league right now. Um, he's just kind of his own, <laughs> his own thing. And I was looking up like the comparison of Patra and Bedard in terms of like weight and size and they're almost exactly the same height and weight. I think Patra is listed as a, an inch taller, five pounds lighter. Um, so they, they're comparable in that way that, you know, they probably could both put on a little bit of weight. Um, but yeah, I just, I think also the main point, uh, being that ticket sales, I mean, that's who people want to come see. Right, like people, people are buying tickets to away games just to come see Connor Bedard. Like people in Boston opening night were there for the Bruins, but they're also hoping to see Bedard, you know, in his first ever NHL game. And he's a draw for fans, which is, um, a you know, an increase in money in your pocket if you're the Chicago Blackhawks. And at that, at this point, um, you're kind of just trying to stoke excitement about what he could be to sell more tickets to get the fan base kind of heading back in the right direction. Cause that was a great fan base back when Kane and Taze were in their prime and they were making deep Stanley cup playoff runs. And it's like, just try to revitalize, like re-energize that fan base by, you know, we're not competitive this year, but we do have this other thing you can come watch that maybe one day is going to be our, our, you know, our next captain or our next reason why we win a Stanley cup. Okay, so real quick, let's just hit two more. We we already touched a lot on DeBrusque. I don't. I I do want to. Sorry, Brent. One last thing. I wanted to note that uh, on the latest, I think it was T- TSN's um, insider segment that they do like every week. Uh, they were reported that the Ducks might actually be ending the the quote unquote Leo plan um, in like another month or so. So like starting towards the end of January, Carlson might actually play every game um which i would say like that doesn't mean that the bruins are also going to end the potra plan because again anaheim has fallen after a hot start anaheim has really dropped off they're probably not making the playoffs so again like they can they can start playing leo carlson every game and if he wears down at some point it doesn't really matter and by the way, there was no Potra plan to start the season. Don Sweeney was talking about that in his press conference too this week. It was, they kind of adapted it on the fly and they'll, I mean, they'll change it again. There's not like a set plan in place. They're just kind of reading off of 
where he looks like he's at. And it wasn't from the beginning that they were like, no, he's young. We're going to give him these rest days. So it could change. That could change for Potra as well. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a copycat league. It's, it's the classic, you know, uh, Katie Heron wore army pants and flip-flops. So I wore army pants and flip-flops. That's what happens around the league with these coaches. Um, let's just lump in these last two questions together because Eric and, and Trent both had some questions regarding, you know, uh, future trade potential uh, opportunities. And I'd be remiss if we didn't give them a shout out because they did take the time to submit a question. So just real quick, um, Eric talks about if the Bruins packaged uh, DeBrusque and Grizzly right now, acknowledging that they'd be selling low. Are there any top six forwards or second pairing defensemen they could get in return? Um, put a pin in that. And then Trent talked about, uh, the goaltenders can't play two goalies at the same time and won't win in the playoffs. I think this is the time to explore all mark. If you can get a first or second round and a top six forward, you know, you should do that, blah, blah, blah. And cites the the major haul that the Tampa Bay Lightning got back for Tanner Janot last year, basically saying like less, far lesser players have gotten big packages in return. So um, Grizzlick, DeBrusque, Allmark. What's the market out there for these guys? Do the Bruins should the Bruins be entertaining? I know we've talked about this before, but you know it is mailbag. So yeah, so I'll start start with the idea of like a DeBrus Grizzly package. Those are going to be two separate trades. Like if you're if your goal is to get a top six forward or a second pairing defenseman, you're not getting that for those two guys because there those are two different types of teams you're dealing with. The, the team that might be interested in DeBrusque and or Grizzly is a team that's going for it this year um, because those guys are two pending free agents. So you can't trade them to a rebuilding team. No rebuilding team is going to have interest. So you have to trade them to a contender, hope you get something, and then turn around and go spend that buying from a selling team, a rebuilding team it's a lot to line up and I don't know exactly what DeBrusque and Grizzly are getting you right now. We've talked about DeBrusque's value being down. I also don't think Matt Grizzly is playing as well as he usually does in the regular season. So um, generally it's not great business to trade two depressed assets is also the whole salary aspect of it. Like yes, train those guys with clear cap space, but where are they going? Because very few contending teams have cap space to be able to take them on. So like, are you retaining some, like what? It's just, it's tough for me to imagine this kind of trade happening because realistically the answer is like, you probably just have to stick it out with those guys and hope that they start playing better. And maybe, you know, maybe if you have something bigger in mind, you, you flip one of them as, as a lead up to it. But you have to, you basically almost have to have that second deal ready to go because Don Sweeney looks really bad if he trades away Jake DeBrusque just because, hey, DeBrusque is struggling and we're going to go try to get another top six forward somewhere. He trades him away, DeBrusque gets hot, and then all of a sudden there's not really a great market to go buy a second line forward. And it's either they don't add one or they settle for something lesser or they have to way overpay to get it. And now you're sitting and then that guy comes in and maybe like he doesn't even light the world on fire. And now you're going, wait, so we just dumped Jake DeBrusque and we gave up a first and a second round pick 
and we're getting a guy who's producing the same amount as Jake DeBrusque. Why did we just do all that? Which is why I think it's hard to see this happening. Yeah. Yeah. And also it's hard to see it happening. Like if we're talking about this as a trade deadline move um, and the Bruins are a contending team, they tend to want to add defensive depth at that time of the year, not trade away um, somebody who's currently playing on their top deep, their top deep pair with, with McAvoy um, when he's healthy. So um, it just doesn't seem likely to me that, that Grizzlick would be getting traded at that point in the season. And once again, like what the return would be, you know, in that case, if they, if they even were considering it, but that's the time of year where you're, you know, you're, you're trying to figure out, do we have enough defensive depth and usually adding there, not, not sending someone away. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Now, as it pertains to uh, Lena Solmark, we've talked about this before as well. I think we'll just finish off uh, here. But basically, the sentiment that you could get a, a major haul for Olmark because other teams get major hauls for much less. Um, where do you guys feel his value is at? And again, it, it, it's twofold, right? It's what's his value, but but what, what's what's the what's the need across the league for? Um, you know, a number one goaltender, um, like in the middle of a season. Um, so especially to a contender now, I, I personally think like, you know, there could be a team out there that, that wants to trade for Olmark that might not be in a playoff position this year, but they see themselves being on the cusp next year and they're just a goalie away. So it's not so much what's the players, what's the player, there's what's the, there's what the player's worth. And then there's, What's the demand around the league for that position? And, and then it kind of comes somewhere in between, right? Right. And it's also like, where are the Bruins willing to send him? Because I'm sure the Carolina Hurricanes would love to try to trade for a goalie like Linus Allmark right now. But if you're the Bruins, are you going to send him to a team you might face as early as the first round of the playoffs? The way the Hurricanes are going, like they're battling for a wild card spot. So do you really want to put yourself in that position? Like God forbid you trade Linus Elmark away and he shuts the door on you in the first round and ends your season. Like, boy, does that look pretty stupid if that happens? So most likely you want to send him out West. And again, like it, it has to line up. It has to make sense. I think, you know, Trent mentions like a first or second round pick and a top six forward. I think if something like that was on the table, they might've already traded him. I don't think they've gotten an offer like that. Well, and and if you're if you're picturing a Venn diagram, right? You have 
well, you can't see my hands, but in, in one circle, you have the teams that, to your point, Scott, like the Bruins would be willing to send him to. Then in the other circle, you have the 16 teams on all marks, no trade list. Then where the overlap is might only be a handful of teams in general, right? So it's, it's, yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot of play. And then you add, yeah, then you add another layer of like who's buyers, like who's sellers. Like you take out the the buyers from like, I mean, you take out the sellers from, from that. Like you have to take out certain teams who just don't need a goalie or, you know what I mean? Like there, there's certain, there's a lot of reasons why certain teams don't want him or couldn't get him including the no trade clause. So it just seems like, and I think I forget what episode this was. I would love to refer um, him back to this episode because we went really in depth on it. It's titled uh, in one of the segments that I clipped off, um, you know, revisiting the, the all Mark trade idea um, that we kind of got more in depth about his, his situation and why we like, we couldn't really come up with a team that made a whole lot of sense um, that it would work for everyone. For for listeners, it's if you want to go back and bookmark it, it was somewhere somewhere between episode forty two and then two fifty six. <laughs> <laughs> you should it, be able to find it in there. It, it was actually pretty recent. Like you shouldn't. It have was. To pull back it was, there. and it's literally titled like revisiting the Olmark trade idea or something. And it started off of you know some comments that were made on our show by Mike Milbury, who brought it back up. But right, and yeah. and like as for like the the Tanner aspect. Tampa paid that much for Tanner Janot because they were up against the cap and Tanner Janot at the time was only making $800,000 and had scored, I think, 25 goals the year before. Um, and then they signed him to a somewhat cheap extension, although I don't know if he's totally lived up to even what he got. But anyways, that was part, part of that trade was because it was one of the only moves Tampa could make where they could add and still fit it under the cap because he was making so little money. So that was part of the reason why Tampa gave up so much in that trade. Um, Tampa in general is also a bit of a unicorn because they have over and over again, shown a willingness to quote unquote overpay in trades. Um, There just aren't a lot of teams that are willing to part with assets like they are. And, you know, we keep waiting for it to catch up to them and this might finally be the year like they're out of the playoffs right now they've really struggled their depth is really sapped this season um so you know there is there is just in general most teams are not willing to totally trade away the future the way that the lightning have over the last five years and um and then we have one final question. This one just came in. It's from Brian in the car, and it says, Bridget and Scott, do you prefer hot apple cider or eggnog on Christmas? What do you guys think about that question? I'm, I'm, an, egg, like... I'm an eggnog guy. I love oh, eggnog. I don't drink eggnog. I don't drink. Someone gave me eggnog moonshine, though, um, which is interesting. But don't know, Scott, maybe Scott wants some, but <laughs> sure. And I pass it over. Well, what I usually do on Christmas is we've done mulled wine in the past. We've done sangria. Um, so yeah, really neither of those things that Brian listed are are like Christmas tradition over here. We usually start with champagne or mimosas and then 
go to like some sangria later. Hmm. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, I think, I think eggnog is a pretty polarizing drink. People either love it or they hate it. I mean, I, I guess I kind of fall in the middle. I, I like eggnog, but I don't, I don't have it very often. I probably have like half a glass every like two or three years, but it's you very, want the, you want the moonshine that I got the eggnog moonshine. Sure. Send it over. What's they call it? Spiked eggnog, right? It's, it's from like, um, old smoky whiskey. I was given it as a gift, um, which is like a moonshine distillery, like slash whiskey distillery <laughs> in, in uh, Tennessee. So, yeah, but I was like whiskey eggnog I can do. I don't know. Moonshine in general, you know, I had it a few times. I don't think it's a little, little too strong for me. It's I think it's whiskey eggnog. Okay. I don't know. That's, that's I did have a shot of it at my Christmas party, but I, I don't know. I don't know if I like it or not. It's better than the pickle whiskey that we had as a punishment for, um, you know. So that was terrible. Would not recommend. Do not drink pickle whiskey. You know what's crazy? And this this just came to me. And it's just, I don't know, just that time of year. But I'm just thinking back to last year. And it's, it's, isn't it crazy how fast time flies? This this time last year, you guys were, um, you guys were gearing up for your little uh, media skate at Fenway for the Winter Classic. I was heading to Florida. And here we are. This is actually this is pre pre uh, Streamyard pre YouTube just just before we started that actually. Yes. Yeah. We didn't start. Thank God. We didn't start posting the videos of these until like March, which was yeah. a good thing. A good thing for me because I had a rough January, so I didn't look so great. I was recording in like my robe and like crying. I don't know. You you guys, you lucky viewers, didn't get a chance to see that, but. Yeah, that now now I look fine. I, I don't wear the robe, but but by the way, before we sign off and we all go get dinner, um, Scott, do you want to see what part of your Christmas gift is? Unfortunately, we're out of time. We'll <laughs> talk to you guys after Christmas. So so I got plenty. If anyone that's any one of our viewers or listeners would like some, you just let me know because I got this in the mail yesterday, and it is. <laughs> 25 stickers of Scott's Pops <laughs> that you it. can put on. They're pretty big. They're they're high quality. My mom already has one that she took and has it on her water bottle. So <laughs> these are for Brian, mom took or one. that you put on your mom's water bottle? No, and she's I swear like, to God, my mom goes, can I have one? This? I swear to God, my mom goes, Whoa. can I have one? And then she, I'll send you a picture of it. And then she goes and she puts, she's trying to find a spot that's like has enough room open and she, she sticks it on there. And where is it? It's front and center, right over where she drinks out of. And she was like, I didn't mean to put them right there, but that was the only place there was room. So I'm not kidding you. Like literally there is a Scott's pops face sticker on my mom's water bottle. Now I got to find where else to put some of these. Cause I got some to spare. How if many- anyone wants them. Uh, how, many, how many did you make up? 25, but uh, you know, 25. there's always time. There's always time for more. Can you, can you, how, how quick would it be to get another roughly 17,000? Because I think it will be really <laughs> great to do what the Lowell Lock Monsters used to do at the Songus, which is they'd have that, that hood thing, like blip. What was <laughs> it called? A blimp? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fly, flying around the Songus and they would just like drop like coupons and just, it would be one of those in the garden, just drop 17,000 Scott's pops. 
And um, well, we don't even need that because I'm already on the ninth floor, so I can make it rain from up there. I we don't true. need. <laughs> imagine, imagine somebody just watching the Bruins game, and they have like they have one of those uh, those draft beers, and all of a sudden they just see a little Scotts pop just float into their into their drink. They'd be like, "What the fuck is this thing? <laughs> like, what is this? And where did it come from? And why do I love it?" And by the way, that's not it. That's not all. We got Scott's pop pens. <laughs> Thank you, Vista Print, uh, for helping me. And uh, there is more on its way, so we're not we're not one hundred percent done. But that's what I got in yesterday. So yeah, I think you know something, it. Scott. I- you should thank Bridget, not just for the gift, but I think she's onto something like you should have a, like, you should have a, a an article, like a weekly article on, on WEI.com just called Scott's pops. And it's just like, you know, it could be anything. What's on your mind and pop culture just, and stuff. Doing, <laughs> doing Scott, Scott pops, Scott pops off about <laughs> whatever, whatever he's mad about that week. I can see, I can see it now. I can see every mall in America. I can see onions, pretzels, and Scott's Pops Popcorn. You would be an absolute billionaire, Scott. You wouldn't even be on this podcast. That's for damn sure. Mm-hmm. I'd at least make like 20 cents or so. I mean, <laughs> might, might come up a little short of a billion. But, uh, <laughs> he's, he's just speechless. He's just. We're, we're really just, we're finding a way to monetize Scott's love of popcorn is what, yeah. like, we're trying to help him make a career out of it. I know it's not even about Scott at this point. I feel like this is our our well, your business endeavor. And I'm well, you know, you're gonna have to pay me for the rights to use the well, images that I have yeah. made. So yeah, that's, that's fine. <laughs> that's true. Im- image rights, serious. I already trademarked it. Don't even. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. All right, I'm on board. All right, guys. Hour twenty six in. Long episode. Merry Christmas. You're welcome for the extended edition of the Skate Podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, it's our gift to you. Enter and, to win. <laughs> yeah. Most people are like, uh, yeah, a gift would be a 30-minute episode, not 100 uh, or an hour 30, <laughs> but whatever. Um, any final comments, well, guys? Listen, ju- you know, just like people split up some long movies, like, like you know, people watch Oppenheimer, like, as, like, four episodes or whatever. Mm-hmm. People can li- split this up, listen to it, in a, you know, as uh, episodes, because... We are taking a little bit of time, and our next episode will not be until after Christmas. So, plenty of time for people to listen to an hour and a half. Yeah, exactly, exactly. All righty. Well, uh, on behalf of myself, Bridget, and Scott, and the entire podcast, um, you know, the, the camera crew, uh, the lights crew, the writers, Xerxes, Xerxes um, Melvin, who just barked, but I don't think you Melvin. could hear it. I, our, I did hear that a little. Yep. <laughs> our investors. Um, Scott po- Scott's Pops Incorporated. Scott's Pops Incorporated. Um, you know, yeah, like everybody behind the scenes. Vista like, Print. It's such, an, it's such an Vista Print. It's such an exhaustive team. You know, Every, everyone behind the scenes, which is actually just Bridget. Yeah. <laughs> Me on Photoshop. <laughs> Uh, we would obviously like to, you know, wish everybody listening, uh, uh, a Merry Christmas and a happy holiday season. Uh, we'll be back before New Year's or, or after New Year's. Yeah. Or yeah. Okay. So yeah, we'll definitely do at least it won't be too long. It won't be too long, but thank you all for listening. Thank you all for sending in questions and for, you know, listening all year. Um, you know, we really appreciate it and we love, we love interacting with you guys and, and answering your questions and, and shooting the breeze. So 
Let's keep it going into 2024. Thank you all for listening. We'll talk to you very soon. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.